Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by Albasti at Cruel Dubai. Cocker is doing enough in front in the first time blinkers, and Toomey gets him home. Boy, that was hard work. It's an easy win. Muwaleshi for Kevin Ryan and Brian Toomey. Rowan Road in the hands of Brian Toomey now, starting to draw away from Gilzine. Rowan Road takes a few legs out of Gilzine and going to the line. It's Rowan Road who wins again. Whiskey Ridge is strolling home. He got into a lovely rhythm and jumped well. It's the lad who sees it out to the line. The career of Brian Toomey, which was curtailed by an horrendous fall at Perth six years ago, this Wednesday. Clinically, Brian was dead and he was told when he came round that he'd had a 3% chance of survival. He didn't just survive, he made an extraordinary return to the saddle and now, age 30, he has his sights on a career as a trainer. I'm delighted to welcome him to the Luck on Sunday studio. Brian Toomey, good morning. Good morning. Um, it was it was the worst fall any of us can remember, the worst injury any of us can remember from which somebody has recovered and your story has been uh, an extraordinary one. Most importantly, how are you now? Um, I'm very good. Uh, I can't quite remember the old brain but uh, I, I feel good now. It did take a long, long time. It was a very slow recovery and I didn't let on how hard it was and it did take a long, long time. So, do you remember anything about the the fall itself, the incident itself, and I know you've you've quite happily watched this, and will quite happily watch it. I don't know how, but you do. Yeah, uh, I've watched it quite a few times. I try to work out if I did anything wrong, but it's just well, listen. It's one of them falls. I mean, as jump jockeys, we get we we get many falls, and it, it all depends on how you land. I just was unlucky. I landed quite awkwardly. So just just tell us exactly what happened to you. Um, well, when I had the fall, um, I lost consciousness for six or seven seconds, um, so I was clinically dead for six or seven seconds, and then I was rushed to the hospital, and, I mean, like, there's one man that um, I can't thank enough, and a very, was a very good friend of mine, Brian Hughes. Um, Brian Hughes was the first person to pick up the phone, and speak to my family back home and tell them how serious it was. I'm sure, um, I'm sure Brian has made easier phone calls in the past, but um, I, I can't thank him enough, and my family can't thank him enough. Like, what he was like in the early stages was, was unbelievable. Um, so I was rushed to the hospital with a 3% chance of survival, apparently. Um, can't quite how they worked that out, but it's quite interesting, to be fair. And um, then they worked out that my brain was swelling up so much that um, they had to remove part of my skull to make room for the brain to swell. And, I mean, my family came over to face the worst. I mean, like, I, I was unaware of, of all this. Like, it, my family went through very, very tough times. And, I mean, to say that my, uh, my funeral was arranged. I think my mother had my organs don donated, which I was quite upset about, to be fair. She was giving away my organs. <laughs> so um, it, was, uh, it, it was very, very serious. And I spent 157 nights in hospital. 157 yeah. nights in hospital. Yeah. What's the first moment that you can recall now from that period? 
Um, it's a tough one because obviously when you get such a serious head injury, obviously memory was very very badly affected. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I, I had quite an upsetting phone call on the way here. I was just chatting to my mum and we were going back over everything that happened and I, I didn't even remember my family uh, in the early stages and my memory was very, very bad and so therefore, and I was on a lot of medication after even when I came yeah. out of hospital and stuff for seizures. Um, so my memory was very, very, um, very weak. Uh, so first things I can remember was, oh, it was, it was um, my sister got married the July afterwards and I can remember bits of that. You can remember just bits and pieces yeah. of, of your sister's wedding. Yeah. Um, you, you say it was very difficult for your, for your mum, or obviously it was, and, and, and for those around you. Can you pinpoint a moment where you believed in yourself that a recovery to near normal was possible? To be honest, I hit a big low during my recovery. There was times there where I was really beating myself up about it. I was really doubting how much more I was going to recover. I mean, I was, I was very, very down and I didn't let on to anyone, um, which Maybe I would have been. It would have been better if I did. I could have. Maybe I could have. I've got some help with that. But I mean, there was nights there where I was laid in bed, just just completely doubting myself, thinking like, well, like, what's ever going to become of this, or am I ever going to get the life like back that I had, or the goals that I have in the future, like, am I ever going to achieve them? Could you identify with what other people were telling you? because you were obviously feeling something inside and everybody else could remember Brian before the fall. Were you struggling to reconcile what they were telling you about Brian before the fall with how you felt as a human being after the fall? Yes, I do, and it was a difficult one because people were saying, oh, how well I was doing, and they kept saying how well you're doing and all that, and from the word go, I was trying to like play it down and try to let on that this hasn't affected me too much and that I'm like I'm, I'm, I'm no different. Even though I've looked at pictures of it since, I've have half my head removed, and it's, I, yeah, I, I get it. And people were trying to slow me down as well because I was trying to rush yeah. things and I was trying to get back, back on a horse, and I was trying to, I was doing, I was doing things too quickly, um, so people were trying to just, just, like, like take things, like, tell me to take things slowly. How did you react to that? I have a lot of regrets. I mean, I won't lie, I, I did hold it against a lot of people and I felt that people were, I felt people were trying to put um, like, like a big barrier in front of me like, and I, I, I did, I, I, I apologise to everyone who I've, who I've kind of like held it against, but I, I was too independent for my own good and I was trying to, I was trying to do everything myself rather than like get the advice off people that knew me beforehand and people could see like how well I was recovering and, and stuff so but it's incredibly difficult because society tells you to be determined and to be strong and to kick on and push through and that's what you're trying to do and then quite understandably people who love you want to just take you back a little bit so it's I think it's now people would entirely give you a buy given given what you've been through to lash out a little bit and to say no this is what I want yeah, because um, maybe it was a bit of that strength of purpose that was the reason why you're sitting there now. I am. Um, I mean, like, 
I won't lie, like my, my willpower and determination has been has been unbelievable. Like I didn't, I wasn't laid in bed feeling sorry for myself, thinking like, oh, like this, like I, like from the word go, I was, like I was up, I was out, I was, I was trying to be as busy as I could and trying to, trying to work towards my future as much as I could. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, but if I was laying laid in bed feeling sorry for myself, it would have really, it would have really put a downer on my recovery. So what you're saying to me now is that you you still can't really recall anything from pre the fall. Is that is that right? So how how have you gone about putting the pieces of the jigsaw back together and to try and build up a picture of of your early life? Oh, to be honest, um, I don't know because we're lucky. Like as jockeys, I've like I've watched all my career back nearly at this stage. You know what I mean? I've I've it's all, and my memory was very bad affected, especially in the air, in, in the early stages. Like I mean, my mother quite upset me actually. My, my mother was even saying on the, on the phone that like, obviously I had to, I had to learn how to walk again and how to walk in a straight line again. And I think she said how, how to learn to make a, how to make a cup of tea and and, and again. But it's uh, it was it was hard to listen to that. But I um. My my memory did has improved a lot, yeah. and there is things that I can remember about the past, and I can remember everyone now, and I can remember I can remember parts of my I can remember parts of the career I had. And what about your what about your early childhood? I mean, that's I've I remember little things, but. Maybe that's part of getting older as well. I don't know. It's, that might be just a head injury, like. But I can remember parts of it. But yeah, it's there is a bit that's a bit weak. And what about what about relationships that you had before the fall that you then were 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 trying to sustain afterwards with friends and family and loved ones? Could could you did could you pick those up again, or did you essentially have to start from scratch? I mean, I have a lot of regrets and. I don't want to apologise to everyone, anyone that I've ever, that I've ever, like upset or, or put distance between us since the injury because like that wasn't me. But I was just, I was just so driven, and I, um, I went through a time of, of literally like, I cared about myself, and I, I put myself first, and like that's not me. Like I wasn't brought up to be like that, and that wasn't the old me. But I was just, I was so keen to achieve what I wanted to achieve, and. People were trying to put me off it. No one thought I would get back, um, so I was trying to prove everyone wrong, like a sense like that way kind of thing. It's it's very painful for you to relive these moments, and I I know that, and and hugely appreciate you you coming to chat to us, Brian. I, uh, but the one thing you really have never done, it seems to me, is lose your your humour, even when you found it difficult, even when you found it really difficult. You even take a certain kind of dark humour in the fact that on the day this happened to you. The, the PHA actually released a, a, a statement issuing their condolences because you passed away. Yeah. And now you, you actually put this out earlier in the week. And I mean, it's pretty macabre and it's pretty, it's pretty dark, but you, you obviously are someone, I remember your sort of wicked sense of humor and that's something you haven't really lost. It's still there. Yeah, the act is still there. I still try quite hard, probably even too hard sometimes, but um, it's, uh, yeah, I, like I, I didn't, 
I wanted to get everything back to how it was, like how the personality I had or the humour I had, but it's... Um, I just try to take out all the positives out of it. I mean, I have been hard done by, and I, I do feel that, but it's not a case of anymore. It's not a case of, oh, I'm looking for sympathy, oh, I was, yeah. I was hard done by. I've, over, I've, I've been lucky enough to overcome all that. Mm. I mean, I've one of the luckiest people in the world. And now all I'm working towards is, like, keeping my head down yeah. and getting good connections with people and hopefully getting some support. That's all I'm, like, the past is in the past now. Like, that's done. Um, I mean, I'm up every morning. I ride over Clive Cox. I mean, I have so much respect for Clive Cox. He's uh, he's he's um, he's been very very good to me. I mean, and if I can take little bits of what Clive is like, both towards his horses and his staff and his owners, then I I will I'll learn a lot of Clive. Do you still get a kick out of riding? I do. Um, I do still get a kick out of riding. Yeah, I do. I do love it. I mean. Um, I won't lie. Like I obviously ride now flat horses every day. It's a bit more strenuous, and it's a, uh, it's a, uh, it is a little bit harder because some tend to be a little bit more um, forward going, etc. But it's I do still get a kick out of it, and I would be. It's keeping me in the know. It's mm. keeping it's keeping my eye on the ball. It's keeping. It's uh, no, I, I do still get a kick out of it. It seems a, an irony, but it's one that I think is worth touching on that. It's the the sport that nearly finished you, mm -hmm. and yet it's the sport that has essentially revived you. Yeah. Do you think you'd have been able to cope with what you've coped with without the possibility of getting back on a horse again? I don't. Like it's as we all know. Like I uh, I got back being a jockey two years later after the injury, which. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know how I ever conned doctors or neurosurgeons. Do you think you did con the doctors and neurosurgeons into letting you back? Well, I lost consciousness consciousness after the fall. I, I mean, I had to. I had to learn how to walk again, how to walk in a straight line again, not to mind go down over a fence in a straight line again. But uh, they let they let you out of a license. Yeah, um, which I I'm glad they did. I, I achieved that goal, but. Realistically, I'm not sure how every other jockey felt, how safe they felt in a race with um, riding against me after after what I'd been through and after the likes of like even well, everyone, a lot of people have seen me. And I, I, I like to thank everyone that was so like the like the kindness of the of the racing community when I was in hospital was incredible, apparently, and like people seen see me at my low, so I think they thought it was crazy how I was allowed back on a horse. Uh, do you look back on that on that comeback now with a bit of distance? Do you look back on it and think, yes, it was a good thing to do, even though it didn't work out because it was important as a personal goal? To be honest, I'm still disappointed. I mean, my first ride back was three to one on, I and I pulled it up. But <laughs> I, I'm disappointed I didn't get going again and. Again, I apologise because I was I was a bit upset and I was a bit disappointed that I wasn't getting the support, I wasn't getting the op getting the opportunities because in my mind I was thinking I'm as good as I ever was before and I had I had 800 rides before that you know and trainers were t were literally too worried they seen what my family went through they seen what I've been through and trainers and owners were just really, they were just too worried in like in case I got a fall off their horse and I was back to mm. how bad it was before. So was that. Was that another big setback, or was it a step forward? That's what I'm trying to get at. 
I mean, I did hit a big low point after it because I was a bit, I was very, very down after it. And I mean, I achieved my goal of getting back, but I wanted to be successful again as a jockey. I wanted to, I probably wasn't, I was probably on cloud cuckoo land, to be honest. I thought I was going to get going again and be successful again and, and, and be better than I ever was before. But realistically, it was never going to come to that. Like, And so when, when I, my final ride, um, got brought down and it was fatally injured. I mean, it was for Brian Dunn, uh, an old sponsor, an old close friend of mine. He was he was amazing to me. He gave me my, both my first ride back yeah. and my last ride, and he he stood by me through thick and thin. He was an incredible man. I'd like to thank Brian for that. But I, um, yeah, I, I'd say I'm glad I got back. But mm. in hindsight, has it has it has it slowed me down? I don't think so. So now here you are. You're only thirty, and you've got. Why do you look at me like that? You said only. <laughs> well, when you, listen, when you're a bit further on from thirty, only thirty sounds good to me, Brian. Yeah, but yeah. Um, and you want to start a training career. So, what's the next steps, and how do you feel about that now? Well, realistically, the next steps, Nick. Like it's, it's. Um, I don't come from a racing background. I come from a dairy farm in Ireland where they're not, my family aren't racing people as such. Um, I, uh, they've support, supported me the whole way through it, but unfortunately like, they're not racing people, so there's not a yard there ready for me to fall into. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm, I'm working hard. Um, I mean, I'm buying a lot of ticket every week, hoping, hoping that I win the lotto so that it will en enable me to start. But basically I'm just, I'm just working hard to gain good friendships and to gain support, I just I just could do with a little bit of help just to just to get me on my feet and mm -hmm. get me going again. Um, so I'm I'm still like that's my goal at the minute. So have you done your modules? Yeah, your trainers course. So you can you can get the license to go whenever you've got enough horses to start up. Yeah, and that's what you want to do. That's what I want to do. I mean, I've been lucky. I've learned off some great people. I mean. Kevin Ryan, obviously, I was I was I was very close with Kevin Ryan for a long time. I mean, I can never thank Kevin enough. Kevin was was unbelievable to me and unbelievable to my family. Kevin and Jill Ryan, they've been. Kevin has, uh, I mean, unknowns to Kevin, I've been shadow. I was shadowing Kevin for years. Um, without even like, I, I learned so much off him, and I've met some great people through Kevin. And Kevin was very very good to me. Um, like I've met. Breeze of consigners, Roger Marley and Brendan Holland through Kevin. I mean, I'm in awe of them. Like I've learned, I've learned so much off them. And so, if I can put all that into play, uh, once I get a yard, I will um, I'll put everything I can into it. And is, you want to train on the flat predominantly? Yeah. And why would you be more that way inclined? I think, Nick. Realistically, there is more money in the flat. There is more of a chance of a horse paying for itself for an yeah. owner on the flat, and I mean, realistically, I, I want to give, I want to give owners a good day out. I mean, I mean, what owner doesn't want to run at Royal Ascot? Like, um, so I, like, I do, preferably on the flat. I mean, I have a big interest in pedigrees. In, mm -hmm. like, I like to go to the breeze ups as much as I can and, and keep a close eye on horses, and and so preferably the flat. Yeah. So, you're still very much in love with the game. That's. That's quite clear to me, and you, you potentially got a great future ahead of you as a as a trainer. How 
how do you feel in yourself now, right this moment? Is this is this the best you've felt since the since the accident? Oh yeah. I mean, I um, I don't know how I was more determined than when I was when I was trying to get back being a jockey and trying to get back recovered as well as I did. But like, I'm I'm so driven. I'm so determined now. I'm. I mean. It's uh, like it's all I think about. It's all it's my only interest. I mean, people away from racing probably find me very boring because I don't have any other interest bar bar racing bar. Like I sp spend endless amount of hours looking through form, looking through results. Um, I I mean, I, I go racing as much as I can. I've got good friends that are still jockeys within the industry. That sometimes I go racing with them. I go racing sometimes with Clive. I mean, Clive's very good to me. Um, sometimes I go racing, and I, I, I um, I'm just hoping I just get a bit of luck. You have apologised to a lot of people, which I think, I think people watching will, will find, both, sort of sad and interesting, really. Insofar as I think most people will think you haven't got anything to apologise for because you've had a pretty difficult time of things. Do you think there's going to come a point where you can? look yourself in the mirror and say, I've actually done pretty well here. I am doing really well, and I don't need to keep apologising to everyone. I do and I don't. I mean, I mean, I did, I have pushed, I'm sure I've pushed a lot of people away in the past, and which I do regret. I mean, I had, I have, I've had, I had great people behind me ever since I've, ever since I've started in racing, and I, I mean, it was a horrible position I was in because I, I mean, after a head and brain injury, like the re your recovery is, every reco recovery is different, and I couldn't even explain to you how, how, um, how it affected how it affected me as such. Mm. But I didn't have time. I didn't give people enough of my time. I didn't. I didn't. Um, I mean, I think I've always been polite. I've always tried to be polite. Absolutely. But I've, but I've, uh, more I've, I've never, I've never repaid people's kindness to me as much as I should have done. I think. Um, I think you probably have more than you think you have, but it's easy for me to say that sitting here, and I, I know from communicating with you in the last five or six years how determined you are and how driven you are to succeed. In, in the next phase of your career, Brian, and I can only I can only wish you all the best in in doing that. And um, I hope you feel the I hope you feel the optimism to to kick forward now. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I uh, I am um, very optimistic, and I uh, I hope that um, I hope that it gets going sooner than later. Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by Albastiet Cruel, Dubai.